Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Death Metal Detectives proudly presents Death Metal Dog, Buddy Badcock, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ass, <laughs> Dude, the load dog, man. I was not that. Yeah, the load, I am the load dog. I'm the dog, the big load dog. Bow, bow, bow. The gasm hunter. <laughs> <laughs> was that Ozzy? Yeah, tight. You think you just like that shit? I don't know. <laughs> or they just went way, like, put it. Because it would cost so much to get Ozzy to do your song. Yeah, but I mean, like, it was probably just like, they're like, we got this, and it's going to be a hit. You know, they threw out that money because they knew it was going to be good. There was probably a pilot before that without that music, and then everybody was like, we got to see more of that shit. <laughs> yeah. Which I'll probably just watch episodes of Dog the Bounty Hunter tonight. That shit rips. Yeah. There's fear and darkness all around you. The criminals are on the run. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. a fucking dude. When I lived in Colorado Springs, he was like from there. And he had like a whole part of a season where he was going. He like went to Colorado to catch fugitives. It was weird as fuck. But yeah, you yeah, just yeah, would yeah. see like every like. You go visit some old ass <laughs> man that was like a hit of wherever he started at. And yeah. He helped them. Yeah. So fucking stupid. Yeah. What a great time. Dude, his wife had a fucking, man. Tremendous cans. God rest that pair. Yeah, those are out of this world. I bet they're pretty. Well, they're natties, dude, I think. I think God just blessed her. Yeah. That's why they're so religious over there, because he saw miracles. Yeah. I believe in miracles. A fucking G cup. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those things are fucking... Huge. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, she was a big dumb bitch, and that's how you have to be when you got a big set like that. You can do whatever you want to. Yeah. You'd stop breaking the fucking law if you saw those. Sure. That's probably what happened to him. Hey. Nice tits, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Man, I would have loved to have bounty hunted this motherfucker. Yeah. We're doing Warren Jeffs this week. Oh, It was Warren. the... Leader of the FLDS, the Fundamental Latter-day Saints, which was the huge polygamous branch of the Mormon Church, started in Utah, exiled themselves. I really, I was telling you, we saw these Mormons like wave at us. Yeah. It's like, dude, I would love if they would just come to my house so I could sit them down and be like, man, we got a few things in common. Our love for Christ. Having more than one wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me all about it. I think regular Mormons don't fuck with that shit. I think that's all, like, all Mormons. I think it's like a thing. Like, it's cool. It's like part of the teachings. Yeah, but I think that they're like, you know how Christians will throw shit out of the Old Testament? Like, man, you're not supposed to be gay. Yeah, they're like, yeah. nah, it's chill now. You can come to our church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. They're like that. Yeah. I just keep it on the deal, man. Because I watched uh, 
I read this book a long time ago. I knew a dude when I was growing up that was uh, like ex-Mormon and his family were had left the whole church and been excommunicated and all that shit. And it was because of this shit, because of Warren Jeff shit. And there was a book kind of written around the series of events that led to this family called, yeah. I think it's Fear Under the Banner of Heaven. They made a show out of it, and I watched that, and that's what got me thinking about this. Under the Banner of Heaven, just called that. And that's about, like, this fundamentalist family basically putting light on the Jeffs because Warren's dad is kind of who kicked this sect of religion off. Uh, I mean, we'll just jump into Warren Steed. Jess, what a sick middle name, dude. I'm riding my fucking steed. Yeah. He's the steed of my will. He was born December 3rd, 1955 to Rulon Jeffs. So Rulon Jeffs became the president of the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in 1986. He had 19... Or 20 wives and up to 60 children. 60, dude. Just breeding. Yeah. Full-time breeding. Former church members claimed that Warren himself ended up with 87 wives. He grew up outside of Salt Lake City, Utah, for more than 20 years, served as the principal of Alta Academy, which is an FLDS private school at the mouth of Little Cottonwood Canyon. Jess became the principal in 1976, which was when he turned 21. He was a stickler for rules and discipline. And their rules and discipline are crazy. It's just like dress code, like a certain way for women to wear their hair. But Rulon Jeffs, he, now FLDS had already had, I mean, the it, like the original teachings basically of Joseph Smith didn't include polygamy, but I'm sure everyone's familiar with Joseph Smith. He was a kid. He was already a con artist. He had found, he, it supposedly... Christ sent, it was a frog, or goat. He sent a magical goat to show him these golden tablets that Christ had put in America when he was in America. And Joseph Smith found them. No one ever saw them, but his wife helped him transcribe them. And they were all these tenets and rules for Mormons to go by. And uh, also, Brigham Young was like a second-in-command, and they together kind of came up with, oh, the Lord is telling us we need to have more than one wife. So that way, the idea is like when you die and you're a Mormon, you have to be abiding by all these principles to achieve the next level of afterlife, which is your own planet, essentially yeah. your own kingdom. So you have to have all these wives and children to keep that populated. So whenever you die, your whole crew is going to live with you on this planet. So you got to have a thick crew to enjoy the afterlife. Yeah. Hang on. Fucking waiting on an important phone call, and of course it's just. Uh, this is Jason from Green Energy. Uh, it's not a sales call, by the way. We're just doing a quick Green Energy survey. They came to my house, trying what? to sell. I don't know. My kids were there, and of course I was like, "Why are you guys answering the fucking door, you freaks?" Yeah. But some guy trying to sell solar panels. Yeah. Hey. Don't want it, want it, no. Whoa, whoa. Anyway. That's the, that's the whole deal, yeah. which really, I mean, it's also all these shortcuts to fucking take a bunch of combs on the earth Yeah, yeah, yeah. because you're not, you, according to their original script and the actual Bible, because so the Book of Mormon is kind of like an accompaniment to the Bible. So the rules still apply that you can't commit adultery. 
you're not supposed to be fucking outside of wedlock. So you have to get married to fuck and you can't fuck other people. Now Mormons are the ones that believe in the Mark of Cain, right? Or is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's Mormons. Or is it uh, a Jehovah's Witnesses? No, it's Mormons. Okay. The curse of Cain. Yeah. Which is, of course, that black people can't get into heaven because Cain killed Abel and somehow Cain was black and Abel wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Adam fuck? and Eve had a black and a white one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably just some fucking smooth-ass brother yeah. in the garden. Busted yeah. cheeks. Came up on Eve. Yeah. And shot and they were like, well, there's not even anybody else out here. How could I have cheated? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn. That's nice. But that's the whole, that's just that convenient shit. So it's yeah. like, even if you're fooling and you believe, I mean, obviously, I'm sure everybody listening to this understands that we're Mormons. This is like Scientology. The sources of these are dicey as fuck. So the people who are coming up with the religion are as sketchy as it gets. Yeah. So obviously, whenever it's time for them to make rules, it's going to be at their convenience. But the FLDS is all in on that polygamy tip and they're trying to build giant families and that's kind of been a tenet of the thing but Rulon took it to a way creepier level because he was marrying you know girls as young as 14 and part of the tenet with that is like you have X amount of families in this sect and they're all it's not a compound it's like a whole town yeah. So they get, they can they have the school, they've got their own store, they've got their own banking system and outsiders are totally locked out. So you have to keep people there and you've got I thought like, you know, I think 30 different families. So those are the only bloodlines you have to work with. So the only way to keep the bloodlines going and not inbreed is to keep mixing and mingling with everybody. So it's assigned marriages. Yeah. You don't even have a choice. So it's like whenever you're old enough to have a child gone through puberty. You take your daughter to the head of the church, which is this time is Rulon Jeffs. And he decides, Hey, I think you're going to marry this guy from this family. Well, if he decides that he likes you, he just has you marry him. So you're a dad and you're giving your daughter away to the church because they're trying to get you to do it when they're super young. Now, yeah. some dads held out. I mean, I've watched a bunch of documentaries on this shit and there were dads that were like, I'm not giving my daughter away. But I mean, imagine. I mean, you got a stepdaughter, which you take care of like a daughter. Imagine you have to hand her in to get married. And even if you believe in their religion and you're like, okay, with these tenets, it's like, all right. So you're probably hoping. And it, it was like a hierarchy system, too. So just like you would see in movies where there's like a like Aladdin where the princess can only marry another prince. Any movie where there's like royalty involved. So they're trying to like merge two kingdoms and help everybody come up. Everybody wins. You get closer to another kingdom. They have to pay you royalties for all this to happen. That's the type of shit that's going on too. So the your daughter's getting married off and like the hire of a family in the favor of the church that they marry, the better off you are. So, but just imagine your daughter, you're going through this because you believe in it. You think it's the right thing. And then it's, Oh, she has to marry this 80 year old freak. Yeah. And all the girls that were Mormons that went through this, that were adolescents, 
I mean, they didn't even because they, you know, they're completely, they're completely pulled off from the outside world. So they haven't had, they don't know what sex is. Literally, don't know. I've seen interviews where they talk about it because they didn't watch movies, they didn't go out into society, they didn't have sex education. Of course, the first time they're finding out about sex is whoever they're paired up to be married to. Well, now they have to have sex. They have to consummate their relationship, and it's going to yeah. be probably some old freak. Yeah. But then there's a lot. Some of the fathers and shit were apprehensive about it. Wouldn't send their daughters in until they were in their twenties. And then it would still even happen. And the relief of it was like, all right, well, we're now connected to the head family or we're connected to this family. So just a a massive brainwashing, a massive way to make their inner working society stay to themselves. And they had a ton of money is the thing. Now, a lot of the people, a lot of the, Head families benefited from that, like any other cult or any other controlling dictatorship would do. And the inner workings, the mothers and their children didn't benefit from it at all. And all their clothes were handmade. So no one's like living lavishly on the inside. Then they would even come upon times when there was like some of the quote unquote persecution that came through. Where they barely had food to feed. I mean, if you got fucking... 30 kids in one house and you got 20 houses full of 30 kids. Yeah. You're talking about hundreds of kids that need to be fed. Kids eat a fucking lot. Parents eat a fucking lot. Yeah. So God's army needs food. Man. God's army got a rough fucking deal because there was yeah. plenty of money for that shit and they were getting funds and they're a church. So they know they're not paying taxes. They're just a fucking nightmare. And when Rulon died, you know, he's got probably 20 wives aging from age like 16 at the time, all the way up to older women that he had been married to the whole time. Warren, when his dad died, took his choice of his wives and took him in. And the other ones kind of kicked to the curb. Yeah. Prior to his father's death in 2002, Jeffs held the position of counselor to the church leader. Warren became Rulon's successor, successor with the official title in the FLDS church, becoming president and prophet, seer and revelator, as well as president of the priesthood. This all sounds like the bad guy from Beastmaster. Type For of real, shit, dude. You know? I mean, just crazy names. <laughs> yeah. The latter... Concern being head of the organization of an all adult male church members who were deemed worthy to hold the priesthood, a tradition carried on in the Latter day Saint movement. Following Rulon's death, Warren told the high ranking FLDS officials, I won't say much, but I will say this hands off my father's wives. When addressing his father's widows, he said, You women will live as if father is still alive and in the next room. Within a week, he had married all but two of his father's wives. One refused to marry Warren and was subsequently prohibited from ever marrying again, while the other, Rebecca Wall, fled the FLDS compound. Naomi Jessup, one of the first of Rulon's former wives to marry Jeff, subsequently became his favorite wife and confidant. 
As the sole individual in the FLDS church with the authority to perform marriages, Warren was responsible for assigning wives to husbands. He also had the authority to discipline male church members by reassigning their wives, children, and homes to another man. In one of the documentaries I watched, that happened to a guy. And he was the older guy, and his first wife was an older lady. And so he just straight up took everything from that guy, his entire family, and put him with another family. And the guy, and so like, and we're not just talking about run of the mill shit. We're talking about freak shit. Yeah. I mean, like, they're the one probably relief is they're definitely not fucking cool because they haven't seen porn and shit like that. But uh, Rulon and Warren would continue the same shit before he went to bed at night. He would make all his wives line up and come in and personally tell him good night. And some of the younger girls said it would be two out because they lined up by like who married him last and to yeah. who married him first and would be there for like two and a half hours just waiting to get in the room to like kiss him good night. Whoa. Yeah. And then whichever one he decided he wanted to get some pussy from had to stay in there and do the deed. Jeez. And then the other one still had to wait. Yeah. Their turn to tell him good night. That just sounds like it's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, what a I mean, sick dude, fuck, man. It's hard enough to have one wife. I mean, I don't think people ever think this shit through. No, dude. Well, like, in there, they they sync up their periods together and shit. If they're all hanging out, they fucking... Is that true? Or is that That's just, true, man. So they're just like, if a gaggle of women's together, their periods are all they're around the same together. time. They work together. Yep, they're starting. Fuck. At the same time. <laughs> they're starting. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that shit. Her blood moon. Yeah. I mean... And this was basically allowed to go on in America under religious. I don't. That, the problem is like the authorities didn't know a lot of the extent of it, especially with the underage side of things. I mean, it's not legal to do arranged marriages. It's technically not illegal to do polygamy, but there was just this one particular part of Utah that had had because originally when Joseph Smith and Brigham Young started this whole shit, they were in Missouri. And they got chased out of Missouri. Mm-hmm. So they took Safe Haven in Utah. That's how Salt Lake City became like the Mormon capital. Yeah. Joseph Smith had like taken one of the local guys' wives as a wife, like talked her into being Mormon and pulled her away. So that started a big fucking problem in the town. And they came for him, they killed a bunch of them. Yeah. So they had to fucking. Not only did they have to shoot their way out of there, but then that kind of gave them clearance to start making essentially a militia. So the more the FLDS from as far back as Joseph Smith had always been training to like, you know, fight off an oppressive government. Sure. You until courts in Utah intervened, Warren controlled almost all the land in Colorado City, Arizona, and Hildell, Utah which was part of a church trust called the United Effort Plan. The land has been estimated to be worth over $100 million. All UEP assets were put in the custody of the Utah court system pending further litigation. As a result of a November 2012 court decision, much of the UEP land is to be sold to those who live on it. In January 2004, Jeffs expelled a group of 20 men from the Short Creek community including the mayor, and reassigned their wives and children to other men in the community. Jeffs, like his predecessors, continued the standard FLDS and Mormon fundamentalism tenet 
that faithful men must follow what is known as the doctrine of plural marriage in order to attain exaltation in the afterlife. Jess specifically thought taught that a devoted church member is expected to have at least three wives in order to get into heaven. And the more wives a man has, the closer he is to heaven. So around this time when, like it was saying that the, they ended up seizing the property, the Utah government did because of the child abuse, essentially. Warren just became one. And so what I'm doing is like reading through the case against him and telling you like what I know from studying the shit out of this stuff because it's super interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, Warren, when he was in jail the first time and then when he was on the run, still completely controlled the church. So he had everybody. And this, this is like what works for Colts is when you're telling people, hey, listen, the, the government's tyrannical. They don't like the way that we worship God. They're going to come for us one day. They're going to show up and try to tear us apart. So everyone's already brainwashed and prepared for that shit to happen. So when he goes to jail, they're still turning to him for answers because they're already set up to do that shit. Yeah. And then it's like, oh man, he's right. Like you hear all this crazy shit and nothing ever happens. It's like being a Christian where if you go to church when you're growing up, all you ever hear is like, Christ is coming back soon. And that's been going on since the goddamn Bible's been out. Yeah. Just, I mean, he's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole tenet. I don't know if you if you guys ever went to, especially like a Southern Baptist church like we did, and you get a fire and brimstone preacher. When you're a kid, you hear that shit, you're like, I mean, it's a matter of days Yeah, you until it's all over with. Yeah, every time I catch myself jacking off or something, I'll be like, well, he might be coming soon, so I better not do this anymore. If you like read... Turn New Leaf, you know? If you like read the Left Behind series that Kirk oh, Cameron yeah, yeah, yeah. saw in the movie with, it's terrifying. Hell yeah. Revelation sounds rough because, you know, in Revelation... If you're already a Christian before all the torment starts happening on earth, you get raptured right into heaven. Sure. However, if you aren't a Christian when that happens, you can still come become a Christian, but you're going to be tortured on earth for seven years like everyone else is. Nice. And that entire time, everyone's going to be tortured so bad by plagues and bugs and the literal four horsemen and a war between heaven and hell on earth. No one's going to die. You're going to try to kill yourself because you're in so much pain and you won't be able to. It's going to be the worst torment you've ever experienced. And so when you're hearing that on top of this guy's teachings that it's happening sooner than later, they're going to come for us and then they arrest his ass. Yeah. Well, the wheels are in fucking motion, brother. Mm-hmm. God. Before his 2006 arrest, Jeffs had last been seen January 1st, 2005, near El Dorado, Texas, at the dedication ceremony of the foundation of a large FLDS temple on the YFC Ranch. The ranch came into the public eye on April 7th, 2008, when Texas authorities conducted a raid and took legal custody of 416 children. God damn. And you don't fuck with Texas, man. You might be able to get away with this freak shit on the border of Utah and Arizona, but trying to relocate everybody to Texas, that ain't going to happen, man. Yeah. Yeah. In response to a March 31st phone call alleging physical and sexual abuse on the ranch, 
The caller claimed to be a 16-year-old girl married to a 50-year-old man and stated that she had given birth to his child a year prior. Residents, however, told authorities that there was, in fact, no such girl. The calls were ultimately traced to a 33-year-old Rosita Swinton, totally unconnected to the FLDS church and known for repeated instances of filing false reports. Nevertheless, Texas authorities continued to investigate whether Swinton's claims were a hoax. The women and children who were suspected of being minors were returned after Texas courts established that the state had not presented sufficient evidence of abuse to have removed them. Yeah. What the fuck, man? No one's talking. Of course. On You're June, brainwashed. Brainwashed. And then they think this is the government coming down on their religion. Yeah. Yeah. On June 10th, 2006, attorney, Arizona Attorney General Terry Goddard told the Deseret News he had heard from several sources that Jeffs had returned to Arizona and had performed marriage ceremonies in a mobile home that was being used as a wedding chapel. On March 27th, 2007, the Deseret News reported that Jeffs had renounced his role as a prophet of FLDS Church in a conversation with his brother, Nephi. Cool name, bro. Yeah. Nephi quoted him as saying he was the greatest of all sinners and that God had never called him to be a prophet. Jeffs presented a handwritten note to the judge at the end of the trial on March 27th saying that he was not a prophet of the FLDS Church on November 7th, the Washington County, Utah Attorney's Office released the jailhouse conversations between Nephi and Warren Jeffs, in which Jeffs renounces his prophethood, claiming that God had told him that if he revealed that he was not the rightful prophet and was a wicked man, he could still gain a place in the celestial kingdom. So God just was like, listen, dog, we know all about all types of corrupt shit. That's another thing that yeah. tweaked me up. Can't talk about it right now. But, dude, there's so many fucking shitheads out here in the world, and they always have another lie to cover up, another lie to cover up, another lie to keep things going their way. Jeff also admits to what he calls immoral actions with a sister and daughter when he was 20 years old. Other records show that while incarcerated, Warren Jeff tried to commit suicide by banging his head against the walls and trying to hang himself. So this whole prison thing started that in July 2004, Jeff's nephew, Brent Jeffs, filed a lawsuit alleging that Jeffs had anally raped him in the FLDS's church Salt Lake Valley compound in the late 1980s, together with author Maya Soslavitz, nice Jewish name. Brent wrote the memoir Lost Boy, which recounts alleged incidents of child sexual abuse inflicted upon him by Jeffs, his brothers and other family members committed when Brent was only five years old. Brent's brother, Clayne, committed suicide after accusing Jeffs of sexually assaulting him as a child. Two of Jeffs' nephews and two of Jeffs' own children have also publicly claimed to have been sexually abused by him. In June 2005, Jeffs was charged in Mojave County, Arizona with sexual assault on a minor and with conspiracy to commit sexual misconduct with a minor for allegedly arranging. In April 2001, a marriage between a then 14-year-old girl and her 19-year-old first cousin, Alan. The young girl, Elisa Wall, testified that she begged Rulon Jeffs to let her wait until she was older or choose another man for her. 
the elder Jeffs was not sympathetic, was sympathetic, but his son Warren was not. And she was forced to go through with the marriage. Wall alleged that Allen often raped her and she repeatedly miscarried. She eventually left Allen and the community. In July 2005, Arizona Attorney General's office distributed wanted posters offering $10,000 for information leading to Jeff's arrest and conviction. On October 28, Jeff's brother Seth was arrested under suspicion of harboring a fugitive. During a routine traffic stop in Pueblo County, Colorado, police found nearly $142,000 in cash, $7,000 worth of prepaid debit cards, and personal records. During Seth's court case, FBI agent Andrew Stearns testified that Seth had told him that he did not know where his older brother was and that he would not reveal his whereabouts if he did. Seth was then convicted of harboring a fugitive on May 1st, 2006. On July 14th, he was sentenced to three years probation and a $2,500 fine. On April 5th, 2006, Utah finally issued an arrest warrant for Jeffs on felony charges of accomplice rape of a teenage girl between 14 and 18 years old. Shortly after, on May 6th, the FBI placed Jeffs on its top 10 most wanted fugitives list, offering a $60,000 reward. He was the 486th fugitive listed on the list ever. The reward was soon raised to $100,000, and the public was warned that Jeffs may travel with a number of loyal and armed bodyguards. And dude, while Jess was on the run, this is what I was talking about, is that he had taken all the funds. He had control over everything. So while everyone's trying to figure out how they're going to make X amount of food last for the week and they're yeah. completely impoverished, passing clothes down, not having new material to make new clothes, just running out of everything, living in shit. Dude, this guy is traveling America, going mm-hmm. to Disney World, going to all the hard rock cafes, buying prostitutes, buying drugs, getting yeah. hammered. He's got a few of his wives with him. They're just partying, living it up, yeah. having orgies in hotel rooms, uh, getting the nicest hotel rooms. I mean, I think he blew through like $8 million while he was on the that run. That surprise me. Those type of people promise the world to all their followers and – and people like that, and then they don't get shit. They're just always banking on that one thing. You're banking on Jesus coming back. You're banking on this turd to give you this amount of money. You're banking on the food to come in. You're banking for new clothes for your kids. Because eventually when that does happen, it's God's will. But he's just testing you right now. He's just testing you. Yeah. Yeah, it's an easy grift to pull off. And then... He's got a million excuses to the people that are with him on how they can live this way. And he was supposedly saying that he was going through these trials and tribulations. So God had told him that he needed to experience what it's like to be a man of the world. Yeah. And like the pictures of him from these times are so fucking funny, dude. He's just like decked out and relaxed fit everything. Hell yeah. Transition lenses. Trying to look cool, but he doesn't really know. And he just, you know, I mean... There's some discreet, I mean, sure, you've watched To Catch a Predator. There's yeah. some discreet people that you'd be like, wow, that guy's a pedophile. But most of the time, you can kind of see it in their face and shit. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. dude's the most pedophile-looking motherfucker of all time. Sure. Just a tall, fucking slender-ass, gaunt, sunken-eyed freak. I mean, he looks like a fucking snake. So, while he's still on the run, June 8th, 2006, Warren returned to Colorado City to perform more child bride marriages. So on May 27, 2008, 
the Smoking Gun website released images of Jeffs with two underage wives, one of them 12 years old. What the fuck? Celebrating first wedding anniversaries in 2005 and 2006. <sighs> what the hell, man? Just a giant fucking piece of shit. Who's like, where the fuck are they? I guess they were at Disney World celebrating that. Uh, maybe I don't not a hundred percent. You're probably like, this is my daughter, but it's his wife. Yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, he was rolling around with him and just like all the places he had been, they had gone back through and, you know, had to interview people like the FBI would and ask if they'd seen this guy. And it's like strippers and shit being like, Oh yeah, we partied with that guy. (laughs) On August 28th, 2006, around 9 PM, Jess was pulled over on Interstate 15 in Clark County, Nevada, Las Vegas, partying. By Highway Trooper Eddie Dutchover, because the temporary license plates on his red 2007 Cadillac Escalade were not visible. One of Jeff's wives, Naomi Jessup, and his brother Isaac were with them. Jess possessed four computers, 16 cell phones, disguises, including three wigs and 12 pairs of sunglasses, more than $55,000 in cash. Jeff's wife and brother were questioned and released. In a Nevada court hearing on August 31st, Warren waived extradition and agreed to return to Utah to face two first-degree felony charges of accomplice rape. Each charge carries an intermediate penalty of five years in prison to life. Arizona prosecutors were next in line to try Jeff's He was held in Washington County Jail pending an April 23rd, 2007 trial on two counts of rape as an accomplice for his role in arranging the marriage between Elisa Wall and her first cousin. Jeffs was believed to be leading his group from jail and a Utah State Board has expressed dissatisfaction in dealing with Hilldale Police, believing that many members of the force had ties to Jeffs, therefore they would not cooperate. In May and July 2007, Jeffs was indicted in Arizona on eight counts, including sexual misconduct with a minor and incest. Jeffs trial began on September 11th, 2007 in St. George, Utah with judge James shoemate presiding. The buddy's just over here, literally kneading his dick. Yeah. Like it's a fucking pizza dough loaf of bread. That's been rising for eight hours. It's been rising for a long time. <laughs> I just like to play with these balls, man. Jess was housed in Utah's Purgatory Correctional Facility in solitary confinement for the duration. At the culmination of the trial on September 25th, Jess was found guilty of two counts of being accomplice to rape. He was sentenced to prison for 10 years to life and began serving a sentence at the Utah State Prison. July 27, 2010, the Utah Supreme Court, citing deficient jury instructions, reversed Jeff's convictions, and ordered a new trial. The court found that the trial judge should have told the jury that Jeff's could not be convicted unless he intended for Elisa's husband to engage in non-consensual sex with her. Elisa subsequently wrote an autobiography on her experiences in the FLDS church and with Jeff's entitled Stolen Innocence. The book was co-authored with former New York Times journalist Lisa Pulitzer. Jess was also scheduled to be tried in Arizona. He had entered a not guilty plea on February 27, 2008 to sex charges stemming from the arranged marriage of three teenage girls to older men. 
He was transported to the Mojave County Jail to await trial. On June 9, 2010, a state judge, at the request of Mojave County Prosecutor Matt Smith, dismissed all charges with prejudice. Smith said that the Arizona victims no longer wanted to testify and that Jeffs had spent almost two years in jail awaiting trial, more than he would have received had he been convicted. Combined with the pending charges against Jeffs in Texas, Smith concluded that it would be impractical and unnecessary to try Jeffs in Arizona. Jeffs was then returned to Utah at the time his appeal to the 2007 conviction was still pending. On August 9, 2011, Jeffs was convicted in Texas on two counts of sexual assault with a child and sentenced to life in prison. Thank you, fucking Texas, for yeah. finally coming through. You just don't, can't fuck around. No. No, that's fucked up, man. Warren Jeffs, Texas Department of Criminal Justice number 01726705 will be eligible for parole on July 22nd, 2038. He'll be dead by then, huh? I mean, man, you would think so. He he tried to kill himself in jail in 2007 in Utah, and on July 9th, 2008, he was taken from Mojave County, Arizona jail to Kingman, Arizona, to a Las Vegas hospital for what was described as a serious medical problem. Sheriff Tom Sheehan did not specify Warren's medical problem, but said it was serious enough to move him about 100 miles from the Kingsman Regional Medical Center to the Nevada hospital. He engaged in lengthy hunger strikes, which his doctors and attorneys have claimed were for spiritual reasons. In August 2009, Superior Court Judge Steve Kahn Ordered that Jess be force-fed at the Arizona jail, which fucking rocks, dude. Well, just like, nah, man, we're gonna feed you one way. They probably put a tube in him, I bet, or something like that, because yeah. he's causing fucking problems. God. On dude. August 29, thousand eleven, Jess was taken to East Texas Medical Center in Tyler, Texas, and hospitalized in critical condition under a medically induced coma after excessive fasting. Officials were not sure how long he would remain hospitalized, but expected Jeffs to live. He's still incarcerated in uh, TDCJ near Palestine, Texas. Yep, that's where I used to live at. Tyler? Yeah, I lived in uh, Chandler. It's right next to Palestine. Yeah. Well, of course, Jeffs predicted in December 2012 that the world would end before 2013 and called for his followers to prepare for the end. The United Effort Plan Trust that formerly belonged to the FLDS was taken over by Utah in 2005 and controlled by the court for over a decade before a judge handed it over to a community board mostly comprised of former sect members. In 2017, both the trust and Jess were sued by a woman alleging she was sexually abused by Warren when she was a child. Warren Jess allegedly suffered a mental breakdown in the summer of 2019 leaving him unfit to give deposition in the sex abuse case against him. Attorneys representing the UEP Community Trust contended that forcing to testify would be futile. The plaintiff's attorney said there is a lack of evidence to support a claim of Jeff's incompetency, accusing the trust of being understandably very fearful about Jeff's testimony since it is liable for his actions in the past pre- as the pre- past president of the FLDS. Current FLDS members continue to consider Jeffs to be their leader and prophet who speaks to God and was wrongly convicted. But a lot of these people got the fuck out of there. And I'm pretty sure what that's getting at is that Jeffs 
when they took all the assets and property and sold it back, they sold it to people that had been living there that were disassociating themselves from the church. Yeah. That this is basically their only place to go, only place to stay. They sold it to them for like enough where they could actually have it, you know? Sure. So a lot of people still live on that land in that area that don't have anything to do with the FLDS anymore. Uh, we'll run through some of his fucking views. You were asking about the Curse of Cain thing, and that's in here. All right. Uh, so the FLDS priesthood history, Warren Jeff stated, Today the Lord rules over his people through President Jeffs. Yet we're under the bondage of the Gentiles here in America. Soon the Lord will overthrow our nation and the priesthood people will rule over this land because the priesthood people will be the only ones left. So that's just his end time predictions and letting everybody know that, Hey, if you're tied to the priesthood, which that's what would happen is like, let's say you question Warren Jeffs, like, Hey man, I don't really want to give you my 14 year old daughter. Can we work something else out? Well, he would take your whole family and give it to somebody in the priesthood. Yeah. Hmm. In a 2001 sermon, Jeff stated that the people grew so evil that men started to marry men and women married women. This is the worst, most evil act that you can do next to murder. It is like murder. Whenever people commit that sin, then the Lord destroys them. Didn't which he, I agree with that. Well, he like raped his nephew. Well, that's nephew. how a fucking sociopath is, man. Yeah. Anything that they're doing. They're going to say it's a sin or it's bad. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, this is the worst thing. I would never do this because everyone knows that this is the worst thing of all time. And I agree with him that homosexuality is as bad as murder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, dude. God damn it, man. If you're taking your pussies and slamming them together, yeah. you might as well be cutting someone's head off. Do you see a difference? No, yeah, I do. I do see a difference. It's a big difference. Uh, I'm just saying, if you like the music of Tracy Chapman, yeah. and you got a living girlfriend, yeah, you might as well have been the Aurora shooting kid. <laughs> well, I mean, what's the difference here? He got a fast car. Yeah. And then who's to say he wasn't listening to that instead of techno? <laughs> you uh, gotta make a decision. Have a guess from being gay. Yeah. And I he uh, I stuck it in my nephew's butt. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, fucking kids, man. Uh here's a fan again, dude, I'm gonna hundred percent agree with this. <laughs> he made the following declaration about the Beatles. This is Warren Jeffs talking. I was watching a documentary one day, and on came these people talking about a certain black man, little Richard. In the program, it was revealed that this black man was a homosexual, immoral, on drugs, the worst kind of person. And then it showed up. Then it showed the modern rock group, the Beatles. Modern rock. It showed them as pingy-pangy, unnoticed, useless people nobody would hire. And so the manager of the group called, his, called in this Negro homosexual on drugs, and the Negro taught them how to do it. And what happened then... They went worldwide, and all other music has followed that pattern. The most famous of what we call the rock groups. So when you enjoy the beats, the rock music, maybe even toned down with an orchestra, you are enjoying the spirit of the black race. Oh my God. <laughs> and that's what I emphasize to the students. 
and it is to rock the soul and lead the person to immorality, corruption, forget their prayers, and forget God. And thus the world has partaken of the spirit of the Negro race, accepting their ways. Wow, we. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Did that happen with the Beatles? They brought in Little Richard, and I he was know. like, this shit sucks. Well, I mean, I never checked into it because I heard him, and I was like, well, this shit sucks. <laughs> yeah, so. dude. You could have left it at that. Yeah. I was watching a documentary the other day, and I hold, heard the Beatles, and oh, boy, this yeah. is bad. I would rather listen to <laughs> Little Richard every day of the week than oh, listen yeah. to the Beatles one minute. I got an uncle named Jeffs. He tried to fuck me to death. I got an uncle named Jeffs. He made me have gay sex. <laughs> I tutti fruit it. <laughs> Goddamn my fucking love sucking dudes. In 2005, Southern Poverty Law Center's intelligence report published the following statements made by Jeffs. These are more, you know, facts that Warren Jeffs said. The black race is the people through which the devil has always been able to bring evil onto the earth. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> this is a cool church, man. In 1995, priesthood history class, Jeff stated that Cain was cursed with the black skin and he is the father of the Negro people. He has great power, can appear and disappear. He is used by the devil as a mortal man to do great evils. If you... Young people were to marry a Negro, you could not be a priesthood person, even if you repented. You could not stay in this work. Wow. Another one. Today, you can see a black man with a white woman. A great evil has happened on this land. (laughs) (laughs) A great evil has happened on this land because the devil knows if all the people have Negro blood... There will be nobody worthy of the priesthood. If you marry a person who has connections with the Negro, you would become cursed. Wow. Cursed. Boom. He allegedly had 482 personal victims. All kids, mostly. I mean, for them to be a victim, yeah, they would have to be a kid. I mean, I, that includes, like, arranged marriages. But yeah. then you're still, I mean, you're making a child marry a grown man. The grown man's doing wrong, too. And what's crazy about this whole thing to me is that none of the guys involved in this shit, nothing happened to them. Only just went down. Yeah. So how do they not, I mean, if they know for a fact these guys are marrying by arranged marriage, these kids. It's like, even it, no matter how brainwashed you are, and no matter how much you trust this dork, you are still looking at a child and deciding to have sex with him. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? Well, I mean, he's getting, he got the best thing that ever happened. He was just sitting there and rot, man. Starve himself to death. Make it through. They can keep him alive. Because you know he's having a rough fucking time in there, for sure. Definitely having a rough time, but he still fucking lived it up for a few years on the run. Yeah. And then before that, I mean, he was the king. He had whatever he wanted. Yeah. He could do whatever he wanted. He couldn't say shit to him. Piece of shit. Because if he did, he'd sap your family away from you and kick you out. 
Mm. Wow. Just the country we live in. I mean, there's all types of pockets of this shit. Like, if this guy seems worse than David Koresh to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm always on the fence about David Koresh, man, because obviously if he was a pedophile, I hate him. Yeah. But it, there was so many lies about what was going on there that you don't know if he was or not. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely a good way to get people to bear. Oh, yeah. Burned it down. For sure. You know. Because if that's going on, that's the most evil thing that there is. Yeah, anytime you're, anytime if there's any involvement of like you hurting a kid, in any way, not just like sexual, but and not physical or it's mental or anything like that, and you like, you know, you you just keep doing it. You don't see the error in your ways. You don't get help. You don't do any of that. You're the worst type of piece of shit, man. Like, man, for sure. I mean, I guess the only way that Waco that the Branch Davidians were worse than FLDS is that they allowed people from every race to join. Therefore, cursing an entire population. Yeah. Fuck. You didn't even hear what I said is the best part. No, I did. I ain't gonna repeat it, though. (laughs) It's just weird shit to be hung up on, man. Being afraid of black people in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. Like, <laughs> dog, what are you talking about? Yeah. But they atta- they did attack, and it's not to be fair, but in addition to that, I mean, every branch of secular life was attacked by the FLDS. I mean, and that's just to keep people in check. I mean, they're not allowed to. I mean, this guy's watching documentaries, but no one else is allowed to see what's going on in the outside world. They all packed together. I mean, they had, again, like, somebody got the food. They had their own stores, and if they didn't have it at the store, somebody else would go get supplies and shit for them from somewhere else. Like, nobody had autonomy. Yeah. Nobody was able to ever go out and see. And the the people that did, as soon as they saw, they started questioning things. I mean, I mean, but, you know, it's like, that's how you, if you can find people who are gullible, they're easy to take control of. So if you're, if you control every aspect of their life, so the store thing is what's crazy. Do you think he was just like overcharging for everything? I don't know if they had to pay for it. It might've just been like a set up thing to make sure that things were distributed the right way. Yeah. I don't think we're dealing with like a sophisticated supermarket situation oh, okay. or like a sophisticated bank situation. It's just like, here's what we have. Here's what you're doing. Here's how much you get paid. Here's how you can cash your check. Like, here's what we're taking care of. Yeah. I mean, this is the problem with socialism is that's basically what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of goddamn commies. Yeah. Trying to take care of everybody. Christian commies. By having sex with them to death. God. But yeah, and then he, there was like a thing this week where they're trying to get the Pope to turn over records from the Vatican, and he won't, of course. Mm. So, this is where religion becomes a problem for everybody. Well, you know what's crazy about Vatican is they are their own state. They're their own like country. They're their own country, so then they're their own government too, so yeah. they don't have to abide by those things. No. Which is fucking crazy. Yeah. That's just how you definitely, you know, you get control from the get-go, and then you can do whatever the fuck you want. That's yeah, I mean, all these did. things are just fronts to fuck kids. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts, man. So, when people wonder how the world is, quote-unquote, losing faith. Sure. I mean, look no further. Just continuous scandals and continuous allegations that often prove to be true, and then whatever religious sect trying to cover it up 
to save face and keep their money straight. Yeah. Just like people find such nefarious ways to make money. It's like, you know, you can't, you're not good enough at being that type of person to go start your own corporation with your own product and make a ton of money that way. You're not an act. You're not all the general ways that people find avenues in America to make millions of dollars. You're not good enough to do that. So you have to figure out a way to scam your way into it. And then the sociopaths find ways to infiltrate organizations that seemingly are trying to do good. I mean, a church is supposed to be at its core there to help. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a religious side of it, but churches doors are supposed to be open. And if you're having a hard time, you're supposed to be able to go in there and like at least get mental comfort. Yeah. People are supposed to look out for you. It's also the easiest place to take advantage of because people are so, they want help so bad and they, they want to put people in power that want to help. And, you know, and somebody who's got uh, a, a brain type that's not good. Brain types are a real thing, by the way. So, like, uh, yeah, like how, um, white people have the biggest brain. And black <laughs> people, you're talking about that, right? Black people have the smallest brain. No, no, no. Asian no, people. No. I don't even know about that brain type thing. I'm talking about as far as, like, uh, personality. <laughs> oh, okay. Type right. things. But, like, uh, yeah, people who are. Narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths. They, that's why they prey on places like that is because they can just go in there, weed their way in, seem like a good person, dress the right way, you know, look like they're they're on the up and up and they got something to offer everybody and then then you're more just being a piece of shit and going to prison. You yeah. Know? Yeah, just preying on the weak to boost yourself in whatever way you possibly can because you stink and you're not worthy of doing it the legal way because that's hard work. Yeah. So you got to go in to an organization that actually cares and weasel shit out of them and get people on your side by telling them what they want to hear and then abusing them and abusing everybody in your path to make a more comfortable life for yourself. Yeah. Well, kind of a short episode, but there's a lot to pack in. You could have done like a three episode series on all the specific cases of shit, but there's so many of these kind of cases too, you know? Oh yeah. But I mean, but that was the rise and fall of Warren Jeffs. I mean, one thing I did kind of glance over is that to get, he was like this from birth. I mean, obviously his dad was a piece of shit. His dad's dad was a piece of shit. These are a, a long line of bad people, but his dad had so many kids and then it, he has to determine who's going to take over for him. So from the time he was a kid, Warren was already politicking and scheming his way to be the next one. Yeah. So all the other kids hated Warren from jump street because he's just a weasel. You got to watch out for those folks, man. Keep your guard up. Yep. Keep your guard up out there. Speaking of keeping your guard up, what's your record collection looking like? Does it stink? Does it need something nastier, heavier in it? Well, Mm. I would suggest you go over to gurglinggorerecords.com. Use promo code gurglingdicks to get 10% off of your order. Yeah, you could take that shitty hand-me-down Beatles record, because we all know what scumbags they are, throw that in the trash, get some mutilation barbecue, get some pharmacists, get some fluids, get just the dirtiest, nastiest fucking shit possible. And make your collection ten times better than what it was. You don't need courses 
and fucking nice singing. You just need blast beats, and it sounds like somebody's puking into a fucking toilet while they're getting fucked up the ass. That's what you want to hear. Yeah. Gurgling dicks, 10% off at Gurgling Dork. Gurgling Dorks. Gorglinggore.com. If you're dealing with a situation that's hard to get with, there's a number of hotlines you can call, especially if there's sexual abuse or something like that going on. But if you need help immediately, you can head on over to beerbongs.com. Use promo code DMD20 for 20% off and free shipping of ways to get beer inside your body at a rate you didn't even know was possible. Are you got a plate full of problems? You don't just want to sip six beers no. over the course of four hours. You want and pass six out. beers in three minutes. Yeah. So you got to get yourself a shotgun key, shotgun champ. Classic beer bong. Just get it in there quicker. Yeah. Feel drunk faster. A lot of motherfuckers out there, myself usually, I don't, I like good bourbon. Yeah. Uh, I like a couple of good ass rums. Uh, I like a good mezcal, but I don't like to slam it. Yeah. I don't like to power through shots and the way that feels with the heat. You just don't, you feel nasty. I like to drink beer fast. Yeah. I love that. Just a cold, refreshing foam storm inside I was trying to explain that to my wife the other day we were at the lake she's like y'all don't even like the taste of beer if you're slamming them like that I was like no no it's the opposite I'm I getting love it. all I was like I, asked, I told her I was like have you ever taken Cheeto balls you just put one in your mouth or you put like five in there yeah and she was like yeah I was like well you get all the flavor of a beer when it's down your gullet in fucking two yeah. seconds yeah the crispness yeah dude it's, it's unmatchable man your throat gets set on fire yeah with a refreshing Cool blaze. Yeah. What do That's you promo code DMD20 at beerbongs.com if you want to feel that type of sensation. Just big shout out to Fluids for making our theme song. We've been rocking that week to week. Uh, more people to think that aren't Sam T. Sam T. Uh, another shout out to Textbook for making our fucking Nerd Free Wrestling logo. You got to go check that podcast out. We're growing them slowly but surely. Uh, it's Pro wrestling talk. We talk about our new pro wrestling careers. We talk about past matches. We did a play-by-play match. Uh, we got an interview coming up next week. Got a lot of big plans for Nerd Free, so yeah. check that shit out. And definitely the best way to help the dogs. And if you want to hear it, we're about to record a Patreon right after this. Uh, new Patreon episode every other week for just $5 a month. Patreon.com backslash Death Metal Detectives. You can get over there. Directly support us for this podcast, which I assume you love if you've made it this far. And then you get a fucking episode where we just let it loose. loose. Let it fucking loose. Mm. Shit we could not say publicly on the internet. Never. And you take an oath that you will not share it. Big bad. What do you sign up? Booty daddies. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. Also, if you just want to give us like a rating on Spotify, they do that now. So sick. Five star be rocking. See you guys.